here we are, episode 87, and we got a, another Chicago, a big-time Chicago guest and on I our think, show today, Jeff Seabach. Well, I think um, knowing that he was top 30 or 30 maybe a few years ago is representation of the change in real estate in the move away from the traditional broker Maybe. Well, you know, I think they used to call them the nail techs, the part-timers, the ones that had a license, but they did something else. And now we're getting into the, the era of residential real estate where you got serious business-minded professionals that are coming after it hard. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to ask Matt, but I mean, we bring him Matt, on. oh, Matt who? Matt Laracy. Matt Laracy, welcome to the show. Woo! Welcome to The Solution, a real estate podcast hosted by Jeff Seabot and Phil Sexton. It's time to put the consumer first in real estate. Our podcast offers state-of-the-art internet tactics and lead conversion methods. We teach you how to become a better realtor and a more valued resource that your sphere will want to use. Thanks for having me, guys. Of course, you're the managing broker for AmeriCorp Real Estate out of Chicago. You got 161 million in transactions last year. You yep. did 359 deals. You run your own company, and we're excited to talk to you. Appreciate you taking the time. No, I appreciate you guys having us on. Appreciate that. Awesome. We just made the move to EXP, so I'm really curious about your being with AmeriCorps, why you did that, because we don't know much about them, and we have never interviewed someone from AmeriCorps. I like it, the so, independence. Yeah, AmeriCorps is a small company. My father started in 1978, so I'm actually – a third generation agent. My grandpa was in real estate. My dad started AmeriCorp on the south side of Chicago in 1978. Uh, I was licensed before I graduated college in 06 and started working for him on the south side and didn't really like selling on the south side of Chicago because it's just a little bit uh, different. Because you don't like the White Sox? Uh, I, I don't like the White Sox, but everybody in my family are White Sox fans. I'm a Cubs guy. Okay. <laughs> right. uh, I took the company downtown in 2008. And just kind of hustled, uh, you know, from zero to where we're at today from, you know, just by working hard. And, uh, you know, we're the I think we're probably one of the only, if not the only independent company kind of left down here that's making some waves. I'm digging it that it's his dad's brokerage. That's freaking Third awesome. generation. So when so when do you like what year, how old were did you like go to school or you came right out of high school and you were like graduated 21 uh, and then in uh, end of December 2006 is when I started officially selling. Um, that was a graduated. tough year to start. Yeah, so I was 21. I mean, right out of college, literally the next wow. day, I, started, I was started going in the office. And yeah. uh, businesses are tough like that, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, I went in the South Side every day for like two two years straight until I decided that I wanted to take the company downtown in 2008, which as you know, is the worst housing market of all time. And I didn't have any money. I was 23 years old. I didn't know anybody downtown. I didn't know the city downtown. I didn't have anybody to explain it to me, but I knew that I wanted to win. So I just kind of kept going. Were you a short sale, like a uh, bank owned guy or no? No, 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 no. Uh, you know, you don't get rich in good markets. You get rich in bad markets. Right. And what I said, I would say. They keep telling me, but 2008 was a bitch for me. Cause I, <laughs> you didn't I, get, I, got, rich. I didn't yeah. get rich in that marketplace. <laughs> so, yeah, that's right. like, so you can't get rich in money, but you can't get rich in knowledge. Right. So that's what I thought about. It's like, I didn't want to focus on short sales. I didn't want to focus on rentals. I didn't want to focus on, you know, uh, foreclosures. I wanted to focus on what would make a difference when the market turned. And remember, I didn't know anything about the downtown market. So what I did is I would come down here on my own every morning with a paper map, and I would map out the city of what each area was. 
and I'd write it down and I would go into every single building and I'd walk into a building and I'd say, is this a condo or is this a rental? And if they told me it was a rental, I'd walk out because I knew I didn't want to learn the rental buildings. But if it was a yeah, condo, I'd walk yeah, in and ask everything I could about it. And you just kind of did stuff like that every day. I, I First of all, if you're, tra- if you're trying to endear me to your heart, that was a good story. Because um, yeah. when you said that, it was, well, no, I mean, in 2008, I was in over 2,000 houses in yeah. North Scottsdale. As the freaking people, there was a buyer I had from, uh, he was on the Chicago Board of Trade. Yep. And because we were in a disaster of a marketplace, was down sick, we were down 60% in prices. He was like, can you go find me a deal? And I looked at over 200 houses for yeah. him. Because in 2008, I went from being a real estate agent to a tour guide. Right. There's too much but on the market. Yeah, but to circle back to you, it gave me a real education of all of the freaking houses because I was chasing it hard and you could cover a lot of territory because I didn't have to worry about negotiating deals because they just weren't coming together. Well, that's the point is that you got to see 2000 different houses that you would never would have seen before if you were too busy. And then three years later when the market turned, you were a prime to be able to say everything you want to know about every subdivision. Cause you've been in all of them a hundred times over. Right. Where the exactly. new guys get the license nowadays and they could get a sale within 48 hours, how much do you think they're really learning? You know? Nice. Yeah, wow. I, I, I get is, it. This is I gold in the hills. Yes. I love you. That's awesome. Spectacular. I didn't so expect I come, that. I mean, because we do know Steve DeLaviaga. I don't, no. Okay, so he's the, I don't know, who do you use for title? Uh, so, title in Illinois is done by attorneys. So, we don't care about title. We don't get anything don't off. Oh, you're in an agency state or no? Not even yeah, agency. We're an attorney state. So attorneys take care of it. So we don't we don't oh, use right. it yeah, I mean, or anything like that. So like title, I give a shit about it. Does nothing for us. Let the attorneys deal with it. Oh, that's why you don't know him, and they, that's why he's not in that state. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But um, uh, back to your point. I don't even about remember going to look at houses or the shift being a gift. No, I was none I, of it. I don't even remember what my. I, let me give you my take on it because when <laughs> I got into the business, I started as like a part time web developer. Yep. And so when I started working with Jeff and we were mapping out the uh, area and half of the city that we worked in, right, which was the North Scottsdale area, yeah. I would take my paper maps and I would drive around to take, I would take pictures of the monument signs and I would write down all the cross streets so that I could physically map out all the, I don't know, 2,500 communities that made up that area. And right. then when, when it transitioned into sitting open houses, you now know the name of all the communities around you because you were actually doing the work of, and spending the gas money. Let me guess, did you get started as a buyer's agent or as a seller's agent? So I don't use either of those terminologies. You know, I, I don't believe in having like the Gary Kellers and these other ways where you'd say like, this guy only does this and this guy only does that. Because the reality is, I think that's what leads to burnout. I mean, I, listen, I work seven days a week. I take 18 days off a year. I sleep four hours a night. Okay. I mean, when I say like, I like to work, like I, I like to you work. You look human though. Yeah, I you know. Look oh, human. now I remember my story. You know, I think you, it's an easier route to lead to burnout that way because you're stuck doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over, and over again. But when you're doing things, wearing different hats of doing the different aspects of the job, not only are you learning it more, okay, because a buyer vision that's only doing buyer transactions, that's it, doesn't really know the sell side that well because they're so the buy side. So what we do is that we just do what comes in. And if I got a seller in 2008, I took it, ran with it, and did every single thing I could with it. And if I got a buyer, same thing. I didn't care. As long as it was sales. All I cared about was sales and the areas I wanted to work. And I did everything I could yeah. to get 
Cool. All right, I'll tie yeah. in the Steve D story. So he represents 52% of title all across America, meaning they do a lot of transactions. So he does these huge, these, he does these huge mastermind groups and he comes state to state and then he brings a lot of the elite agents in and we've tend to, do you go to them? Yeah. Uh, no, you- any, any events like that. Nothing. Okay. So in there, he was talking about the up and coming trend of young entrepreneurs. I mean, I'm 46. Um, so I'm kind of like in the middle where the, cause the average age of a realtor is like 55 or 58 right. or whatever it is. And right. usually they're the other breed. Um, <laughs> we have a, a half our team's women. I mean, half our team's men, yeah. but yeah. I agree with, but he was just talking about a few years ago that the young entrepreneurs were not what he, he, he just described. It was actually the opposite. They were talking about, cause I, I'm not a big, I'm not, centers. yes. They were talking about call centers and sales scripts. And, and right. But you're more of where I was in, cause we do 50, 52. We do half buyers, half sellers. Cause I think that you cannot get well-rounded. Go ahead. But my, my point is, so like, you know, a lot of these guys talk about these young guys want to be an entrepreneur, entrepreneurs, and it's like a big Gary B thing, right? If you guys ever listen to Gary B, it's always talking a about, lot. Uh, yeah. you know, like everybody, you know, it's supposed to be easy and all that type of stuff. But the reality is, is that like most millennials don't want to work hard. So the difference between me as a millennial at 34 and working my ass off is that like growing up on the South side, we're cut a little bit differently than a lot of people. And the fact that like, you know, we're workhorses. We're born to work. I believe life is work, meant for work, not for pleasure, you know? And like, if you want something, you can have anything you want in your life. You just have to work your ass off for it. And the problem is today is a lot of people that think they want to be entrepreneurs. But then you're a Gary Vee fan. Uh, I like Gary Vee. Yeah, I think Gary Vee is okay. good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for the most part. But what I'm saying is that like, you know, a lot of the people who are becoming entrepreneurs. They don't want to, they, they want it. And then when they meet resistance, they're like, uh, I don't think I really yeah, want. I didn't want it that bad. They crap out. I didn't want it that bad. Yeah, and I, I think that conversation. Happened. Yeah, we're gonna see that. Yeah, when when the shift happens, this is a big thing I talk about all the time. Is that you know we're heading into a shifting market. The market's gonna start slowing down a little bit. We're not gonna go. It's not doomsday like everybody says because we're this big knee jerk reaction society. What's gonna happen is is that it's not gonna be as easy as it was. And a lot of these people who got their license because they you know were getting a lot of sales and they didn't understand the businesses we talked about. They're going to drop out because like, holy shit, I actually have to work now to get business. And like, that's not what I signed up for. So you're going to see a big movement right. with millennials that got the real estate license. They're going to drop out. Yeah. I mean, we saw, um, I mean, I, got, I, I wrote an article on Agent Truth uh, saying that there's what makes the shift different this time versus last time. And I, I'm calling it shift 2.0 because there's going to be less transactions. Like we saw in January, uh, 750 less homes sold versus last year, which was about 12% for us. Yeah. Um, but what we're, we're seeing is one piece, one piece of the shift is we're seeing more, I don't know. Do you have eye buyers in Chicago? Uh, we don't, um, they'll be coming, but I think in the markets we work, it's going to be a little bit rare that they'll probably make any head waves. Cause I think the Chicago double or triple, yeah, your I, double it, or triple the average sales price. No. Cause you, what, what is your average sales price? I mean, mine personally is like 600,000. Uh, right. But for the whole team? Yeah, for like what we, we do. It's like a minimum of like okay. 600,000. But the reality is, is that like most of the buyers is like a lot of like investors and stuff like that. Like the outskirts of Chicago, like, you know, right. lower income areas and stuff like that. They're going to kill it in that. But like oh, the price markets, it's mostly right. luxury stuff. It's tough to, for them to be able to like, I don't see that model working on that, that type of properties. 
He's from Park Ridge. Sorry, I just remembered. He's from Park Ridge, my friend. <laughs> oh, wow. Way to, way to tie in pre-show talk. Well, right? no, he was talking about the good. outlying areas. I get it. 14 minutes in, you got it. <laughs> nice. I just want to wrap up points. I hate that. All right. Um, I, I actually agree, because here they won't buy homes with solar. They won't buy homes older than 1950. And they won't buy. I mean, pretty much they're under they're under five hundred thousand, where the majority of the buying occurs. And I don't know, is there a lot of stuff under five hundred thousand in Chicagoland? So Chicago itself, the average sales price is two hundred twenty thousand dollars. Okay. Wow. So, but you have to remember, like the areas we work are like the very small areas. It's the downtown markets. Okay. The average, yeah. like you could buy a home in the lower income areas, literally for a dollar. Okay. Like they're literally on the market for one dollar. Yeah, you don't want to live there, but yeah. I mean, I can't comment on that, but, um, you know, the reality is, is that you have to factor that dollar sale into a million dollar sale, right? So the average sale then is 500, right? So, and there's not a million, 500,000 or a million dollar sales. Right. My point is, is that the iBuyer model will work very well in those type of areas, but I think in the downtown markets, it's just not going to work that well. I mean, there's other stuff that is happening with technology that, that has and will continue to disrupt our market, but the iBuyer, I don't see it doing. I mean... I think the challenge will be is that we've seen their marketplace expand differently than we thought it was as well. And realizing that there's um, just interesting, it's just interesting stuff, but. And it'll be interesting to see how it happens now that the market is turning down a little bit to watch their numbers on the buy prices and the sale prices to see how that goes. Everybody's freaking out of all these companies. The reality is, is that whenever the economy is good, which we're at like an all time high from the economy, right? And Something else is really good, like real estate. High with technology. Right. So people are coming into the market, but one of the biggest bubbles that's going to make the economy go away is going to be the technology bubble. And when the bubble bursts for technology and people stop writing these $500 million checks to a company that hasn't made any money yet, what's going to happen then? Let's take Redfin, for example, right? They haven't turned a profit yet, right? They kill it in my market, kill it. But they haven't turned a profit yet. You got a 1% uh, price for uh, to list the home. When the market takes a lot longer to sell, your average market time was what, 17 to 20 days. And now the average market time, let's say a year from now is 200 days. Are they going to be able to be even somewhat profitable for a 1% sales back? I don't know. You know, when the market is really good, outliers are going to come in and try to change the market. But at the end of the day, I think the real estate agents is going to evolve and the people who keep up with the evolve are going to stick with it. And the people who don't are going to be going away. But buyowner.com was the largest website in the world in the nineties. Do you guys ever, hear of them anymore who yeah i mean that's my isn't that sunday wait a who minute. That? oh we <laughs> have 900 reviews on buyowner.com bro is that these things come and go and things are going to change in the industry and real stores always get upset or mad that we're going to go away or something like that you go i don't think i mean I said on stage at Inman in the fall that I think that the amount of agents is going to reduce by a third. Yeah. Or I'm sorry, to a third of what it is. I mean, I think that two thirds of them are going to go away. Speaking to your point, I think though, because I see larger successful teams being able to basically and boutique brokerages. So yeah, in a same, sense is what teams are. I mean, essentially, yeah. you're you're a team, right? The boutique brokerage and team to me is the same right. idea. That the big brand real estate companies are in, I think they're they're going to be challenged because of their expensive fees, and they're not they're not able to be as nimble as we can be as companies because you still got to navigate. Like I don't 
think that, or I think that you could be right, is that the model of the iBuyer may not last. However, it's going to be in my soup for the next two years, and I got to figure about a way to deal with that. Yeah. I have to, because we, we are, oh, I mean, I'm. What's going to happen from that, right? Is that you're going to deal with the iBuyer technology that's in your market, right? And that's going to make you to adapt and it's going to make you grow and become a better agent and create better systems. And that'll make you at the end when the market shifts even completely as a much more elite agent. And the people who didn't adapt and didn't grow are going to be the ones that fade away. And that's all it is. It's the technology is pushing us to be better. And people look at it always from this negative perspective. But the reality is, is that you're going to become a more badass agent, which is going to lead to more transactions, which can lead to more money in your pocket, which can mean to more profitability, right? Which means that like you're only going to keep going up. That's it. Like, I don't know why everybody sees it as such a bad thing. Um, now I know why Tommy Troy said he likes this guy. Yeah, you're easy to yeah. like. Holy right. cow. Do you know Tommy well? I knew, yeah, I know Tommy well. I met him uh, when I first started to come downtown. Uh, I got on a YPN board that was started down here. And uh -huh. Tommy happened to be on it. And we became really good friends ever since then. Right. Wow. Nice. All right. So I guess we should get to a couple, a couple more questions is you run a boutique brokerage and just so yeah. our audience understands how many agents do you have at your company? I have eight agents total, including myself. We just took on our eighth agent, like literally three weeks ago. So prior to that, it was only seven. Uh, do you train I, new agents or do you bring only on experienced agents? I, I work differently. And then I have two, two, two admins too. Okay. So like we have 10 people now total, but I, I see how you, oh wait. Yeah. I see half of your admin staff walking around in the background every well, once in a while. That's one of my agents, Catherine, that just walked in. Um, oh, hi, Catherine. Hi, welcome, Catherine. welcome. <laughs> yeah. Welcome. Yeah. So, uh, but what we do, we do, here, come say hi. Say say hi. Catherine's been with me the longest. Hi. Hi, Catherine. Hi, Catherine. How are you? Hi. Oh, it's cold in Chicago. Yeah. Yes. yes. We're, from, we're from Arizona. So this, it's way warmer than it has been the last two days. It feels like it's like summer outside now. So, but, well, welcome to the show. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, my, my point is, is that like I hire on a need to hire basis, meaning that I get to a point where I literally physically cannot handle any more business. And at that point, you love work. <laughs> I take on somebody else. Um, you know, it's in my best interest to keep hiring, right? Because then I make money off them. That's the, the traditional model. Yeah. Uh, I, I probably on average turn down at least maybe one agent every other day uh, that would like to come work here. I don't, one, have the time, nor do I feel like, growing out the team to say I have 50 people working for me because to me I want to be like a green beret right we're the best we're the most elite of the elite that like you you work for us it's like shit man fuck I don't know if I I don't have that intensity to want to do it I mean all my guys are in suits and ties it's a dress code there's a $500 fine for not in a suit and tie when they go on showings I, it was minus 20 degrees the other day they're in suit and tie in a fucking peacoat okay like it's cold out there there's no no hat allowed okay you're gonna freeze your ass off you're gonna look the part the reality is is that like we want to try to keep it to the point where it's like a super serious, like Navy SEAL type of group, you know? I'm just curious. Was that the way it was when your dad owned a business too? Yeah, Are you yeah. carrying? If you can look at my vlog that I have, you get bored. You'll see the difference between the South side and the downtown uh, thing. Cause we, we, we have laughing in the background because it's, it's a lot different. My dad's in a t-shirt of tar. He has a Tarzan shirt t-shirt on in the, uh, in the video. Uh, but I mean, he, we run, we cannot be more opposite the two of us, the way we run our business, like complete opposite. Yeah. You're just so fucking intense. Like, I love it. Yeah. All right. All right. <clears throat> so we got questions that we ask every guest because this podcast is about talking to top agents on how they're putting clients first. 
we like to break it down. Okay, but before we get to that, I got I gotta have one question because sometimes the agents are like, you know what, you gotta like ask you, you know, something about maybe like what is your what is your best lead program? Do you buy any leads or do oh, yeah. is it all networking? I mean, we're about sixty, sixty-five thousand dollars a month I spend online, okay? So I spread that out amongst Zillow, you know, six thousand? Uh, sixty to sixty-five G's, yeah. A month. Oh, okay. Um, and like, you know, we'll do Zillow, uh, realtor.com, Yelp, uh, you know, SEO, Google ads and stuff like that, social media. Okay. And I have, uh, a, a consultant that helps me manage some of my Google stuff. So it's not an employee. It's a consultant, a consultant, uh, in the state size. And, um, you know, to me, I did, like you mentioned mailers earlier before we went on air. I do very little. I do. We mostly we're web people. We don't. It just. My point is this, and I don't mean anything. I say there's a million ways to skin a cat, right? There's no right or wrong answer, but I'm just. No, saying I that. agree with you where you're going. Go ahead. For us, like only online based. Everything is only online based. I'll ne- I've never sent a mailer in my life, and never will. Uh, everything we do, we're we're trying to adapt online always. I mean, give you an example, like where our mind is. I was one of the very first people on Zillow and Trulia, like ever. Uh, I was the first person to answer questions and, and get into involved with the realtor.com stuff. And then as that evolved, that's how we started advertising on all these different websites. Like now, you know, we were Zillow's poster boy forever because we were the first ones that started spending some serious money on there. Nobody else knew about it. And that was when you were getting, like, you'd spend a dollar and you get $20 back. You know, this is pretty, you know, watering it down in the last three years, you know? So, you know, there's different aspects. There's some stuff we're getting into that I think is going to be, the next big thing that won't really divulge just yet because we're working on it, but you know. Well, I mean, we're we're. I like the cliffhanger though. We're yeah. we're gonna have to have you back once you're ready to divulge what you're working. I on. mean, last year we spent about six hundred k on, actually including our website, probably up to seven hundred k. Yeah. Um. So we we're the same. I mean, mailers for us is probably, uh, maybe fifty thousand. There's just what it is is what that we learned and maybe this might be helpful for you, even though you don't want to send any mail that if the target seller is over 55, 60, meaning when you target areas where you know that that is mail can be very successful. But I mean, we do, we do, we do non-traditional type mail. We don't do, we don't do just so postcards. We don't do any magazines. We don't do any of that. It's just for target pieces. Sometimes we found that to be, I mean, we get a, you know, when you get, four responses out of a hundred pieces that go out, you're like, okay, this is good. Right. Yeah, like sure. seller, seller leads. Yeah. Totally get it. And I, I, like I said, there's, there's one of the big things I always tell agents when they get in they ask me questions, like, how do you get it? I say, find out what works for you and what you feel comfortable in and that you can work with you know, four out of a hundred. I know, but yep. Matt, they only have a budget of a thousand dollars. So that doesn't work in that case. Cause they only got a thousand dollar budget. Yeah. You know, it's always a pussyfoot way to get around it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I don't have any money to start. Oh, it's too hard. You know, I mean, I remember when I came downtown, I was handing out business cards in front of every Starbucks there was. Because I figured in 2008, if you can afford a $4 cup of coffee, you can afford to maybe buy a place, right? So I didn't get right. to feel about it. And what you do is you take that first sale you get, no matter how you get it, you got to claw your way to get it. You take that entire first paycheck and you don't pay yourself. You live out of a cardboard box if you got to do it. And you put that money back into the business. And then you have $4,000 or $8,000 or whatever it is. And then once you get that second sale, you take that whole money, you dump it back in the business. And in six months from now, you have triple your amount of money to spend on it and you'll be making more money on it. 
but everybody pussy Are you sure you don't like Gary V more than you're saying? Right? <laughs> I mean, we have a lot in common with a lot of stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, know? I'm like, I'm like, you're like Gary V's, like, uh, you know, <laughs> real estate version. Yes. Yeah. Did yeah. you go speak at 2021 for him? Did I mean, go to that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I didn't go to it. I, I think that one would be pretty solid. Um, you know, they've had some good guests, and they've had you know a lot of those guys on that that we're friends with and familiar with and stuff. So. Well, the thing yeah. was, it's funny because we did not go to any national events, but uh, we were invited as a finalist of the most, uh, what is it? The, innovative real the estate. Innovative team. real estate agent and team in the country. So we were like, let's, let's go, go check it out. And then we were like. The, the, then we were nominated again. And we were like, well, let's go again. Well, like it's an official <laughs> boondoggle and weed's yeah. legal in California. So we watched right. <laughs> ideas from other people in different parts of the country and you could spin them into an idea that could work for you. So maybe, you know, one small thing you're like, that sounds stupid, but what if we did this with it in our market, you know? And that's why those events are great. I mean, I'm part of a lot of mastermind groups on Facebook and stuff like that, like the 30 under 30 and Facebook uh, I talk with. And, you know, even like Tommy and a couple of these other guys, we always talk on phones about like different things. And I look at, I look at Instagram and Facebook a lot too, right? And I don't look at real estate agents that much. I look at other businesses. So like, what's a cool, you know, shoe company doing, right? What's a cool, you know, uh, grocery store app doing? Like you could take ideas from them and apply it to real estate. Yeah. Everything can be applied to it. So like, Going to different things and learning different stuff isn't going to, it's not a bad idea ever, you know? All right. Yeah, and it keeps so, it fresh. Sometimes right. you got to get, you get inspiration from different places you didn't expect. Exactly. All right, so we're going to have to handle the part of the show. And everybody I know from Chicago area loves to drink. I, I don't know if you do or not. Coffee. He drinks coffee. A lot of coffee. Okay. Wine, yeah. Uh, and okay, wine. Four hours of sleep, four hours of wine, 18 hours of work. Some I yeah. never mind. <laughs> yes. He's taking clients yeah. to dinner. That yes, counts. Yes, yes. That's count. All right. But uh so uh time to get on. All right. So our whole goal is to put the consumer first. So one of the things that we do, I don't know, have you listened to any prior versions of the solution? I have not, I'm sorry. That's okay. No need to apologize. So one of the things that we do is that we do um we help people by providing a stager but the stager doesn't put furniture in houses the stager actually helps the seller prepare the house meaning if they need anything done cleaning all that stuff arranges everything and yeah. we, and the service is free it's not paid right it's just something that we do as a give back to our consumers because we believe that as we're heading to the shift yeah. that there's going to be a compression of commissions and one of the way that we're going to stand out in putting the consumer first is we're going to have to offer more services to them to make sure that we continue to accentuate our value to continue to get paid what we want to get paid versus all the discounters, right? Like I think our, our opinion is let's offer more deeper services. So, but let's define the value that we're providing, not just say those words. Oh, you got to provide more value. Great. What does that mean for us? This is one example that that actually yeah. means. So in putting the consumer first, cause we, we have two kinds of, uh, things that we talk to people about a lot of people. So you're, you, you said you're not a Sox fan. Does that make you a Cubs fan? I am a Cubs fan. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. So when you go to the ball game, I mean, I've been to Wrigley park about maybe eight times. Okay. And when I'm there, there's the, they have great dogs, right? Yeah. There's lots of beer flowing. 
right? There's the, they have stuff on the field and obviously just the ambiance is that aura of just being at Wrigley Field is a spectacular day in itself. Right. right. But honestly, it's hard for Chicago to fill the, well, actually, Wrigley's Chicago's always sold out. Bad example, bad example. Yeah. Bad example. Yeah. Let's talk yeah. the San Diego Padres, right? Okay. Like, they have the, when I go to summer out there, they have the same kind of uh, stuff that Wrigley Field does, but their team's not that good. And because the team isn't that good, it's hard for them to fill the seats. So we call the stadium and the hot dogs and the beer the customer experience. But this is talking about what do you do to put the consumer first? In like, how do you do a better job as an agent in helping the seller get more money, sell it faster, or have them have less hassle? Don't you wish that the San Diego Padres were a better baseball team, though? Because they have one of the coolest stadiums. And if the owners <laughs> were so fucking greedy and realized that if they spent some money on the players, they could fill those seats every day. And in the gas lamp district down there, you can get all the vendors and then take a cut off all that money. And the guys would be making oh. really money in the long run. So just oh, they'd be making bank. That stadium yeah. is spectacular. Yes. I mean, when you're there, when we use, this example, in, yeah. when we use yeah. this example in San Diego, everybody there totally gets it. They're like, yes, that is a perfect example here <laughs> because the experience is good. And for us, that's like, we talk to a lot of agents that say, well, I have a customer only parking spot out front and I yeah. deliver pizza on moving day. Or they get flowers. And it's like concession, yeah. concession, concession. But so what are you doing what, what we do to be better on the field? To make it easier, right? So yeah, what's the agent? How's the agent that, you know, we are a goldfish society. We have two to three second attention spans. We don't want to do anything. We want everything done with, and we don't want it done, but we want it done right this second, right? We're the Jimmy John's mentality. Sub so quick, you're freak, right? So the way we, we do stuff is we provide service by making this the easiest, pretty much the best customer service you can have by making it. I always say that if you can open up an email, this will be the easiest thing you ever do in your entire life, right? So from start to finish, everything is literally taken care of for you. So I have two executive assistants that from the start to the finish, everything's taken care of. So, you know, all the stuff's done online, right? When we go on our contract, you get two updates a week. When we're on the market, you get two updates a week. Um, you know, we do the pictures, the floor plans, the video, uh, the custom 3D tours. We do. We have a four-pronged uh, social media effect that we have. We do staging. I mean, there's literally, uh, we're on 151 different websites. We give you the data on the websites. Like, everything that we have is so clear-cut, and there's, there's never that loss of, like, well, I wonder what's happening. Because every day is a different thing that we do for your place. And every day we send that to you, that's completely detailed out. So it's like impossible not to know what's happening. So Okay, so that's less hassle, right? So you're saying you make it a hassle-free selling environment because you're providing everything to them. Correct. Complete service. Awesome. Is there anything that you do for a seller to sell? What do you do that sells a house faster than other agents or for more money than other agents? So there's a few things. I mean, obviously, you know, everybody's on on websites, right? So that's a given. But I mean, I think we create a lot of hype, right? So I call it hype reel. So when we have we have showings, we send a hype reel presentation. Inside this presentation is gonna be everything on the property. So instead of just handing them like a brochure, right? They're gonna get this presentation in hand. And inside this presentation is gonna hype have- reel? Hype reel. We use Americans love hype, right? So like let's hype on to that. So we set, you know, we do the drone videos of the property, the virtual reality videos. We have a neighborhood video for your place. And then we have the pictures of floor plans. So we, we email that to them. And then we could see how often the people open it up on their phone. So if they're looking at the presentation all the time, we get to notify that. We're you send it to, when you're representing this, I just work, sorry, I'm a realtor yeah, and I want to yeah. break it down, right? Like yeah. Phil always wants to move fast and fast and I'm like, slow it down. Yeah. So 
you're representing the seller. So do yeah. you hand show your properties so, so that we, you get the buyer to send it to them? We're always present for all showings, okay? And we never miss a showing. So that's really big. So in Chicago, you've got to be there for showings. So imagine you got 70 listings, you got fucking 20 showings today. You're showing out 20 times, okay? And remember, we got a team of eight total. That's why your gal didn't stay because you're out showing houses all day long. All day long, you know? And the reality is, is that, so we're always present. We're the only guys that show up in suits and ties. We know everything about the property. So when we show it, we knock it out of the park. Unlike a lot of people, you're on the lockbox or you walk in there and the guy's like, hey, what a floor are your amenities on? You're like, uh, I don't, you know, I'll get back to you on that. So we, I mean, just our presentation alone, when we, because we're selling the place you're to the- intimidating. Yeah, I agree. You know, it makes a big difference. They walk in, they don't have to worry about, you know, going to the next 10 places and fumbling with all these brochures because they already got all the information that buyer does before they walk in that door of your property. To make it even easier- or do you email it to them? Email it to them. But to make it even easier, on site, we have little brochures that have QR codes that they can hover their camera over and save it right on their phone so they can have it on their phone when they walk away. And then I could also tell how often they open those. We have a 21 How is open. the buyer agent with that? Is it because it's Everybody's already- Everybody's fine with it. You know? Nobody's got an issue. They want to get their- it doesn't have our information on it. Like to contact oh, us. I was wondering, okay, so it's an unbranded, but it's a spectacular I'm, presentation for your seller's behalf. Yeah, I mean, that's just like very awesome that we do, but I mean, give you an example of like how we think outside the box above and beyond of like what are different shit that people have. I mean, if you really like a place and you're looking at some brochure or you're in the car and you're looking at a 3D tour already on your phone from that was sent over to you, I mean, that impacts your property a little bit more. Yeah, but just, is some, there any stats uh, behind yeah. it though? I mean, how... Oh, he, said, he already said there were stats behind it. And so let me just go with the point that we made earlier. And that's when you talk to people in different areas, you apply it to what you've got, right? So we've got this condo complex right now, luxury lofts that we're selling. They're brand new. There's five units left. And so when the people are walking around the unit, we can have QR codes in different spots that when they scan over, it plays the videos that we've made Correct. that describe whatever feature that is that they're looking at. Correct. Yeah. And interesting. The way we can track how many people oh, are going to buy the old school ma magnets. And then I think it would be simpler if it was just a QR yeah, code. You wave your QRs are back in and NFC tag into our tech. I mean, we've been trying to get an FC. Do you guys know what NFC tags are? It's like Apple no. Pay. Point that your phone at it and automatically goes up. Okay. So like, yeah. it, so like what we're getting into is when you walk into a property, if you got a smartphone, Boom, it automatically loads. It's like you get a vibrate. Like, what, what was that? And they're like, oh shit, this is a presentation. It's badass. Like, you can start doing that. I mean, right now, the price point on that stuff's a little bit out of control, but it's going to come down soon, very soon. And when that happens, that'll be a game changer for us again. What did you call it? A Tennessee tag? NFC tag. NFC tag. Not the AFC, the MFC. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Very right. Yeah. <laughs> so who's going to win? Uh, before we get to the second question, are you Patriots or, or are you Saints or are you Tom anybody Brady. else? What do you say? I hate Tom Brady. Okay, there okay you good. All so right. do so I. Anybody yeah, else? yeah, yeah, good. yeah. All right. All right. All right. We're, we're rooting for the Bears, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm rooting for anybody that plays the Patriots, pretty much. Yes, yes. All right. exactly. Well, so now let's flip it to the buyer side. Apparently, so all question. the money is on the Patriots. So yeah. uh, that is actually good, though, because yeah. – the masses are the asses, and that's a good sign. Let me give you a piece of advice. When everybody looks one way, you start looking the other way. Okay. So if everybody's going, that's on, how we run our business. Yes, we agree. Awesome. All right. So putting the consumer first. Tell me how you for buyers then, since you're this dominant listing agent, does is spectacular for your seller. What do you do for buyer 
do let to, for them to find a house faster in less time, less hassle for them, or best deal for best okay. house? So a couple of things too is that technically we represent more buyers than sellers, uh, and we represent more buyers in Chicago than anybody else did. But um, you know, obviously, you have the traditional models of finding it. We can't let you just drop yeah. that bomb and keep yeah. running. Sorry. I love that you're not just a listing agent. I love yeah. the, I love the both sides. Yep, yeah. I agree with you. Um, so, like you know, like obviously, you have it on like the MLS and traditional websites and stuff like that. Pocket listings are big in Chicago, so trying to find them before they hit the market. And then, of course, scheduling is one of the biggest problems I feel that happen with people. I was sick and tired. I remember in 2009, people were saying like, "Hey, did I get in this place? Or how's this appointment come along? And where are we meeting? And this and this." So what we did is we did scheduling a lot easier. So we create Google Docs for a client. So we have a whole, you know, schedule of like how our appointments come along. As appointment gets confirmed, we change that color so they can constantly follow along. So if they want to know how their appointments come along, they just look at the phone like, oh, shit, yeah, I got into all these ones. We take all their MLS profile sheets. We put them in the Dropbox folder so they have them all preloaded on their phone. We send them calendar invites. Day of, we're always, you know, we send them a reminder of like, hey, don't forget you're meeting me at X time at X place. Here's a recap of the schedule. You got the Google Doc. You got the Dropbox link. You got the calendar invite. It's impossible not to know where you're supposed to be at. Every Monday, I send my clients an update. What's up? How was your weekend, et cetera? I tell them my prediction of what's going to happen this week in the marketplace and what to expect. My goal every day of the week is read five articles a day minimum about the market. On Mondays, I send you the best articles I read all week. And then we do podcasts, vlogs, all that other cool shit. We throw some cool content in there. So those are just a few of the snippets of what we do to try to make a kick-ass experience for our buyers. To keep them educated on what's going on so that oh, when it's time to pull the trigger, they believe you. We're making it easy for them. I mean, and then, you know, when you tour with them, that's, you know, I call that 2.0 when we're teaching about the construction, where the value is, what's, you know, where the value is going to go, what the data is behind it. I mean, the reality is, is that like, you know, you look at yourself like a consultant when you're with a buyer. I say it's not my way or highway. I will always give you the advice. I'll tell you what I would do if I was you, but it's not my money. I didn't work my ass off to pay for this, okay? So it's up to you to make the decision. I want you to make sure that you go into this with your eyes wide open. I'm a non-bullshit type of guy. I don't give a fuck what you buy or what you spend to buy. I care about that you right. have a good experience. You know, I think that's a big problem is that agents get commission breath, right? So they know that like, hey, if they make a $4 million sale, they're going to make a way more money than a $200,000 sale. So they get really pushy with people. I call myself the anti Nordstrom effect. You know, you go to Nordstrom, that like, can help you, can help you, can you're help you. You dress like you're at Nordstrom's. Yeah. <laughs> you're selling that suit whether you want to or not, yeah. Matt. <laughs> my, my point is, is that you, we want to make sure that they understand exactly what they're getting involved with. And then we give them the advice to make the decision on, but we don't give a shit what decision they make. And I think that's a huge difference between what a, a lot of other people do is because people are only. Or they're trying to be Superman, right? So some people try to be too like cautious for their clients, you know, and they, they try to force the clients to see their service. And I think that's the same is very similar is, is that you never try to sell like my, I, what I say is, is um, when you show people great houses, they buy them. If that you're pushing the house, they can feel it. Right? Like, so just be of service, do a great effing job and, deals happen right like it just it's just the way it works you should you should be a consultant that's the way to look at it you're consulting them on what to do and what you would do but at the end of the day let them make the decision on their own on their time i always tell people if there's multiple bids i will tell you once that this property is going to sell you know if it's going to sell or not because i told it to you i will not come back to you second or third time you have to come back to me okay because at the end of the day it is your decision and when people feel that you're in their best interest and you're kind of like there to make sure everything yeah. is good they feel a lot better and they'll trust you more. That's why most of my clients will call me up and be like, what would you do? Like, what should I do? They naturally are yeah. asking my opinion rather than me having to tell. 
Yeah, I mean, similar for us. I mean, I, I'm more of a be the expert. Yeah. S similar, but not the same. But I mean, to me, right. it just be the expert, know everything possible. And then therefore, when they ask you a question and you're more knowledgeable than them, they right. keep asking the question. So similar, similar. Yeah. All right. So it's like funny because it. Matt, oh, he's great. If Matt, we had a Matt that moved from Chicago and he said the same thing. The hand showing of every properties is something that's just sticking with me because I'm um, I understand why agents do it. I struggle with the uh, availability of agents to do it. So right? like meaning here's like, the are, are you I know, what you're, I, I, know what you're at. I know what you're getting at because here's the difference. When I came from the south side, everything was lockbox. You could go between like one and two o'clock. You fucking stroll in there whenever you want. Right shoes off you, you show your buyer and you know when we came downtown all of a sudden it was like i would i i look like an asshole right i was like hey i want to schedule an appointment between one and two and the agent's like what the fuck are you doing are you gonna be here at one or are you gonna be here at two which one is right that? when you're you meeting know? someone there it's and i was like i was like wait what do you mean so like now like when we schedule appointments it's one 120 and if you're not there by 125 like hey where the fuck are you you know what i mean so of course. At, first, at first i thought it was crazy i swear to god i thought i thought these guys are idiots i'm like what stupid idiot way to do this it drives me nuts and now how many blocks, do you, how many blocks do you cover then? I mean, here's the difference though. Like, Oh, well we cover a big portion, but again, we're hustlers, man. My guys are on the field 24 seven. If I showed you a calendar, I'll make oh, you didn't have to tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> I can see the sweat on your brow, man. <laughs> yeah. The reality is, is that like, then I started showing it. And when we show our places and we know everything about it, we're talking, cause we get so many people from the suburbs where, you know, 35% of our business is international. They come in or like, you're like, we're in River North. They're like, what's a River North? And their agent's clueless because, they're you know, it's a friend they're using. It's coming from the suburbs. And they're looking like, all oh, star eyed Like, oh, look at these beautiful. They're, yeah, they're like, you know? And it's, like, and it's like, there's four of my units on the market. And I have to stand out against these other guys. Well, how am I going to do it? Well, I'm going to fucking sell it when I'm in there. I'm going to bait them in. I'm going to make sure that they understand that why ours is so much better than the other three. And that's the difference. And I'll tell you, there's a reason why our listings sell much quicker is because we're able to explain it to them a lot better. Sure, there's probably 200 agents in the city that are pretty good, but the rest of them, in my opinion, you know, are not the best at describing the areas and what's going on you with it. 50,000 agents in Arizona. You think I don't go, eh, right? We have 4,000 here, you know? Um, and the reality is, is that the the difference it makes is, is like uncanny. I, I, I would, now I'm like, like it's one of the biggest things I promote is that we could get a showing request right this second. And Jamie over here that's sitting in the office would have one of my agents there in 10 minutes. Like I count days off. So if you take off past 5 PM, that's a day off. You're not allowed more than 18 days off in a year. Okay. So you were talking holidays, weekends, all that shit. I don't care if you got a birthday party tonight, you're missing it. So you're, you're allowed getting, to drink while you work is my biggest question right now. <laughs> what? Are you allowed to drink while you work? Absolutely not. No, the thing no, is like, like you can't take a client out to eat because that counts as working. You don't have clients. I don't go to their birthday parties. I don't do anything like that. I'm strictly a businessman. And that's the way I look at it. I think the client dinners and stuff like that can cross some lines. I used to do it a little bit. People get a little drunk and stuff like that. And sometimes it's fun. And sometimes it could get a little awkward because things can happen. And I said yeah, to myself, yeah, I agree. The clients that I've established really good relationships with that and the clients were on pure business on, I feel more comfortable with a pure business on because I think 
think about how many people are like, well, I really like that guy. And I really like my agents that I had. And I went to all his birthday parties, but then you got that listing because they thought you were a better, like you were more knowledgeable that you knew the business better, but they really liked John. Right. And I was like, who do I want to be? Do I want to be John, the likable guy? Or do I want to be Matt, the guy that everybody knows, knows his shit inside and out? And yeah, I'm not going to go to your birthday party. And yeah, I'm not going to take out the dinners and hang out and stuff like that. But when there's a problem yeah. with date or something that comes up, you're going to call me. And that's it. Yeah, no, same. Yep, same. Hold on. Do you say, so do you, how do you keep in touch with your past clients? Uh, so there's a bunch of ways. So first off, we obviously send out a, a monthly newsletter, okay? Uh, we Is that follow, email? Uh, yeah, it's an e-blast. Our, news, our newsletters are pretty badass. Uh, yeah. we have about 40 something percent open ratio. It's insane. Okay. 40. What? Yeah. Can I see yeah. one? Am I, can I get on, how do I get on your list? Do I have to register I'll, on your website? I'll, I'll tell you the one we're going to send out in February and tell me it's not, you don't think yeah. it's kidding. Oh, we'd love to see that. Number two is that every quarter we personally send out an email or phone call to every single client. Okay. So every quarter, personal email or past okay. client. Every, okay. okay. Every quarter, is, that, is that a, is that an auto dial? No. It's an like no no slide dial to go to voicemail. It's either a personalized phone call or most most of the time it's just a simple like email that we send. To, okay, personally, not, not, not the fucking CRM type shit. That's like an automatic drip campaign. Personalized emails mm -hmm. we can do. Okay. Third thing is every quarter we send a postcard to them. Okay, so those are my mailers that I do do. I said I, I like, a, like oh, oh, I, I baited oh, you yeah. in. I got I, mail like, out of it. We like, went back under the table. It was coming. So, uh, a personalized card to them is what we do. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't right. like consider that like a mailer though. You know, we just use the post office, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's not digital. <laughs> and then. And then like, those are like our three main ways. And then the other thing is that we follow, we, every single person, we have follow us on Instagram, Facebook, like us on Facebook, like us on Instagram. And I will tell you that more times, and in fact, you can even see, here's one. These just came in. These are all gifts. I just had a kid. And everybody, all my, what's that? I, I was, I was being a smartass. Yeah, tell us what the we gifts are what the for. Gifts are for. Oh. I'm like, are you shipping them to us? I, I love my mom. My wife loves polka dots. So we we got, I had a kid two weeks ago. Um, and my client saw it on Instagram. That's awesome. First child? First kid. Um, I mean, how did you have time? <laughs> uh, I'm taking night duty, so I don't sleep much anyway. So I don't care, you know? Uh, is, she, is she a realtor? No, 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 no. She's a teacher, but she's oh, taking two weeks old. <laughs> You know, my clients on Instagram and they, they send us a bunch of gifts, you know, like we have so many gifts. It's ridiculous. So like, I, I actually think like the Instagram and Facebook is our best way of keeping in touch because people like literally our clients love our shit. That, and so that's do the, you think that, you said you had a son, correct? Correct. Yeah. So you're, do you think that your son's going to get into real estate? hundred percent. It'll be a fifth uh, generation. No, I I agree. What if, what do you what do you think if your son goes to sell on the south side? Um, I mean, I don't think he would do so because he wants to make more money, probably. You know, so All right, gotcha. yeah. it's just interesting, right? When you think about what you do, that's different than what your pops did. Like you always want to take it through, to the next level. He went through. It's funny because he's got three little kids, yeah. and he went through all that stuff because Phil's a tech guy, right? Yeah. And I can't believe that was the question you asked. Because I'm no, dude. I'm, a I'm guy I, as well. I know, but I'm amazed. Like. I got to, all right, well, in conclusion, I'll ask you one question and then we'll give you a second to talk about anything that you want to talk about. Are you not scared? Like, 
I don't read email. Okay. Okay. Somebody, I mean, I have an assistant that reads my email for me. I glance at it, but I mean, my, the amount of time that I look at email in a day. 46% open rate. Is, I don't care. Is under, mm, let's say under 10 minutes is that how much I read email on a daily basis. Like I believe that email is becoming a less efficient and effective communication Facebook platform. Facebook and Instagram is I know, really I agree, but, that's what, but he was still had, he was still heavy. Well, he sends postcards to your mailbox. Yeah, uh, 10 years from now, people aren't going to be reading email as much. So how are you going to still stay in touch with the clients, right? So, I mean, we're going to get involved with Boyd, obviously. He's a tech guy. I was just wondering what, like, if he, uh, he has to be thinking about this. And, and the minute it's easier to break through to people, we're going to own it. And we're going to spend the most money on it to be the most influential on it. That's gonna, that's an easy thing. But right now. So you don't think text right now is better than email? I mean, text is good. But the problem with text messaging, I think, is, is that, like, you can't really put much context, like writing a paragraph in a text message. Like, let's face it, you get a paragraph text message. Are you going to read the whole paragraph? I don't read it. Yeah. You know, and then what if, what if they got a phone number? And they're like, who is this again? And I'm like, oh, this is Matt Larissa, your realtor that you just fucking, you know what I mean? So like for now. Right, right. This is my text messages, right? Like yeah. I, I, if it's not in two lines, I'm not reading it. Right. Yeah. I mean, here, I'm 19 from just sitting here. Okay. Like my point is, is that. I think right now the, the best way today in today's day and age to stay in touch with clients outside of social media is email. I personally think Instagram and actually Instagram mostly is the best way to stay in touch with clients. I, I don't think it's close. I mean, the stuff we post and the likes that we get, nine out of 10, mm -hmm. I, all my clients when they see me like, oh my God, I saw the, the post you made or the video you just What's posted. What's the average age of your client? Uh, our average age is probably in like the mid thirties. Yeah. Perfect. So awesome. but you have to remember, we work the downtown markets. You don't have a lot of seven-year-old people living downtown. No, we do seven-year-old sales, but you don't, most people are, they're, they're either coming here and they're starting off and buying a place, right? Or they've made it big and they're buying the two to $5 million place. And then a lot of them are leaving, right? So it's a very liquid city. So you get a sale and two years later, they sell again. All right, next time you come to Arizona, hello, we pay 30%. I'll give you an example. I mean, we have what, seven or eight listings on the market right now that we sold to them less than a year ago. I mean, that's very common, okay? So most of them are going to be younger. Of course, we have a lot of older people, but in big metro cities, you're always going to have younger people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we took enough cool. of this time. Matt, yeah, I appreciate the hour. Good I, uh, chat. Nice Thank to meet you. you. Yeah, anything that – so you're, the floor is yours. If you have anything you would like to share, help someone out or – Anything soapbox. Should, yes, if you wanted to blast somebody, we're good for that too. Uh, you know, really for us, you could follow us at at Matt Lyricy or at M Lyricy on Instagram or Matt Lyricy on Facebook. Uh, we have a cool website. It's called MattLyricyGroup.com or MattLyricy.com. Either one. Uh, I think you should check our website because we do something different. And the fact that we do not advertise listings on our website. Okay, we have no listings on our website at all. And I think that's where our future is too. Are they on Zillow? Uh, we put them on all the websites, but the way I look at real estate is that we are a brand, right? And people go to your website to see who you are and what you have to offer. And then you go to other websites to browse. Like I can't compete with a Redfin or a Zillow or a realtor.com to look for properties. And why would I want to, right? They're always going to have the most up-to-date stuff. I'm not intimidated by my clients looking on the 10,000 websites out there. I want them to come to me to see what kind of kick-ass technology we have and who we are and what we have to offer. 
So, I mean, you check out our stuff, see what we have. Check out our YouTube page. I can't wait. I mean, I, well, that's another, I can't wait to come have a beer with you because that one's going to be interesting to chat. Oh, uh, if, if you beer, can get time off. Wine, <laughs> wine, wine. I love wine, red wine. I'm yeah. a Pinot guy. Awesome. Hey, Matt, you were spectacular. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Right. Take it okay. easy. Yep. Happy Friday. Thank you for listening. Now more than ever, it is important to put the consumer first. Check us out on all major streaming platforms like SoundCloud, iTunes, Player FM, Google Play, and Stitcher. Information about one-on-one coaching or solution events, text 480 530 7972.